Welcome to Bar Fights with attorney and advocate Sarah Klein. Taking on issues that matter and advocating for legal, cultural, and political change everywhere in order to protect children and vulnerable adults. Joining the conversation are survivors, advocates, lawyers, media personalities, athletes, celebrities, authors, wellness aficionados, and many more. Because bringing real justice takes a team of experts who care. Now, leading the fight is your host, Sarah Klein. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Bar Fights. My name is Sarah Klein, and for people who don't know me, I'm an attorney and advocate at Manly Stewart and Finaldi, the nation's leading law firm for sexual abuse cases. I'm also a former competitive gymnast and one of the first known victims of former Olympic women's gymnastics team doctor, Larry Nassar. Each week here on Bar Fights, we're several episodes in right now. This is so much fun. We're talking about issues that matter with tons of great experts. And as always, it's my intention with this show to inform you, to inspire you, all the while having great laughs and great conversations with amazing people, one of whom is here today. So I'm going to read her fancy bio, but then I'm going to bring her in. And I probably don't even need to talk during today's episode because this woman is so electric and so on fire and so inspirational. Um, I'm going to sit back and relax on today's show. So Dr. Colleen Hacker, she is a PhD professor of kinesiology at Pacific Lutheran University, which by the way, I've visited and is freaking gorgeous. And she's like the most famous professor on campus there. Um, she's our country's leading expert in performance psychology. She's worked with numerous, and I mean numerous, Olympic teams, elite athletes, corporate executives on mental skills and the psychology of peak performance. Now, I have heard Dr. Hacker speak. I have heard all these fancy Olympians and athletes speak, and they always attribute their performances to Doc Hacker. She has served as the sports psychology consultant to the U.S. women's national soccer team for basically ever. She's a complete badass. She's a friend of mine. She's busy as hell. And I'm guessing she's headed into work at the Olympics or going to the Olympics. Who knows? We're going to find out today. And still, she's taking time to join us here on my show Welcome, my sweet, amazing friend, Dr. Hacker. How are you? I'm great, Sarah. I just see your name on an email or text, and I immediately start smiling. And I pray there's a question because the answer is going to be yes. Um, it's just, it's just always, sincerely, a privilege and an honor for me to share the stage with you, to be part of Bar Fights, your podcast. Look, I'll take any excuse I get to share uh, your company. Well, my first question then is going to be a softball. This is seriously, I wrote this down, you're going to laugh. My first question for you is, I fell in love with you at first sight and conversation. Is that normal? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, kindred spirits know kindred spirits. I really mean that. I know you're, you're sort of being sweet or maybe it is a softball, but 
there's a serious undertone to that. And I think, I think we sense something in one another and, and that's up to you to say what's the case for you. But I am just continually in awe to the point of raw emotion about your leadership, your advocacy, your educational efforts, your litigation record. You're just a champion of survivors and we need it. We need more of it. We need more people banging the drums with knowledge and expertise and passion. And I just think we sensed a, a kindred, authentic passion uh, in one another. And it endures for me, Sarah. Yes, yes, for me too. Thank you so much for saying that. I, I get a huge smile on my face and I want to hug you for like, five hours every time I see you just to get some of that beautiful energy. But I also think we both sort of see the glass half full um, and have taken whatever adversities we've been through in our lives and are, I don't know, see the world in terms of possibility and positivity and room for growth and change for the better. Um, and we are both passionate people about, about what we do. So talk to me about what you do. So my audience is a whole mix of people. We've got survivors, we've got advocates, lawyers, um, you know, stay at home moms, teachers, politicians, coaches, all sorts of people. Um, and the topic of the podcast, again, it's wide open. My goal is to inform and to inspire whatever that looks like, not just on the topic of of trauma and abuse, but in general. And so I feel like you have so many lessons that work for obviously mm -hmm. athletes and, and for, you know, corporate executives and the people you work for, but also for those of us that just need some good old fashioned life <laughs> lessons um, in terms of how do we, how do we sort of take life by, by the horns? And so tell us about what a mental skills coach, tell us about all the magic that you impart on all these people that you work with. I'm going to sit back and relax because you are too good for me to be talking. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And believe it or not, I'm going to address your last question second, because I want to connect the two points that you made. And I don't want, I don't want listeners to miss that critical piece of wisdom that you just shared sort of extemporaneously is I think people see you and, you know, they assume that I don't, I don't know what they assume, but well, she's just this positive, tough, take no prisoners, you know, half full, half full person. And I think people see that, similar qualities in a different profession, in a different genre in me. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think they missed the point, Sarah, is I don't think either of us came out of the womb that way. I don't think, <laughs> no. I, I, don't, I don't think we were born that way is what I'm saying. And I'm going to connect you saying, look, there's been trials and tribulations. Like we have seen the world eyes wide open. And, you know, this, this old expression, wisdom gained through painful experience, I feel like that could be tattooed on my forehead, and I suspect on yours as well. And here's where I'm going to make the segue into, into what I do as a mental skills coach. 
regardless of, of what occurs in our lives, what happens to us, often through no choice of our own, no, no wish of our own, uh, certainly not deserved because of behavior, um, we still have a choice to make. We still have a choice to make. And so the bridge between our connection and a mental skills coach, for me, is not leaving peak performance to chance, not leaving uh, performing at your best when your best is needed, uh, leaving it to a hope and a prayer. I think for many people, they view performance like the weather. And they wake up and they're like, gee, I, I hope it's a good day today. Like, I hope it's sunny. And you've got to train your mind. You've got to train your emotions. You've got to train the psychology of excellence in the same way you train technique and tactics and the physicality of your sport. So mm. I, I try to make it a choice, a decision. I try to coach athletes on evidence-based, science-based techniques and strategies without making it sound like evidence or science, right? Like, you know, who wants to be going into the Olympic Games and say, well, in a randomized control study of uh, 42, you know, it's like, yeah, okay. Get somebody else in here. Get her out of here. You know, you, you've, got to, you've got to translate science and evidence into usable, successful strategies that stick, that stick. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's true or not if they don't work for athletes. It doesn't matter if they're useful or not, if they're not immediately accessible to athletes. And so in some ways, I view myself as a, as a conduit, as a facilitator between science and peak performance. And I'm trying to bring that to athletes, again, circling back, Sarah, to make performance a choice rather than left to chance. So, so just briefly, and, and again, I'm hoping these are accessible terms. If not, please ask. But we might work on, you know, controlling anxiety. Instead of looking at it as stress or pressure, looking at performance as an opportunity to shine, an opportunity to share the fruits of your labor, the devotion of your life. We might teach imagery, right? And, and we use the term imagery rather than visualization because we want athletes to use all of their senses. You know, the smell of the gym, the taste of the sweat on their, on their lips. Um, the sights, the feelings, the sounds of performance. We might work, and I think this surprises a lot of folks, we work a great deal on confidence. And people sort of shake their heads. They're like, these are gold medalists. These are Super Bowl champions. These are, these are World Series champions. These are multiple gold medals. What, are you telling me they're, not, they're, they're struggling with their confidence? Yeah, yeah. Because it doesn't matter what you did in preliminaries, it matters what you do now. It doesn't matter what you did in Olympic trials, it matters what you do now. It doesn't matter what you did in the, in the um, early rounds, it matters what you do in the knockout stage. And I could go on and on. So self-confidence, 
we work on self-talk. You know, how we talk to ourselves is so impactful on performance. You know all of this. As a, as a competitive or former competitive gymnast, that never leaves you, Sarah. It never yeah. leaves you. So, that, you know, it, it's, it's taking all of the mental skills that an athlete or team needs in the competitive cauldron, and then we try to break it down into teachable, usable um, techniques and strategies, and then we implement them, refine them, implement them, refine them. And it's this constant cycle. Um, I just love it. I mean, I feel like I have the best job in America. I feel so fortunate to work with these amazing people in their quest for excellence. And honestly, I just hope every day to be to be worthy. And that's not, you know, false modesty. It's like that's like I want to be worthy of their efforts. I want to be worthy of, of their quest because it's incredible. And to have this podcast on or, you know, talking now in an Olympic year is incredible. So, so folks are going to be able to see this in action, right? Absolutely. And yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I've got the chills already. And everything you're talking about, <laughs> I'm, I'm relating back to my days as a gymnast. And I'm going, well, I wish, some, I, wish I had a dog hacker back then, right? <laughs> and then the other piece is this is all relatable to all of us just kind of going through everyday life right now. These are things showing up in our lives with confidence, showing up in our lives with that imagery of the thing, the things we dream about, the goals that we have for ourselves in our careers or in our families. It's all the same stuff just applied sort of in different parts of our lives or all of our lives, you know? Yeah, I can, I, can, I, can I clone you? These are life, these are life skills, Sarah. Instead of sports psychology, we could talk about legal psychology. Instead of sports psychology, we could talk about parenting psychology. Instead of sports psychology, we could talk about political peak performance. You are exactly right. These are transferable life skills and strategies. My focus tends to be in sport and in corporate America, uh, you know, I, I call, I call the, the corporate folks I work with my corporate athletes, right? They're yeah. in high achievement, high demand, high pressure, unrelenting um, expectations of what are you going to do next? What are you going to do this next quarter? And, and, and then let me go a different direction. If you're parenting... You need to be on every day because your child or your children deserves it and needs it. And this, this constant feeling of maybe never enough or juggling so many roles or, oh, how do I handle all of these, you know, demands and requests? Yeah, the domains change, the environment change, but the need for these skills never changes. Amen. And I'm thinking even teaching these lessons as a parent to a child, right? Teaching them in, you know, language appropriate, age appropriate ways, this stuff, because I'll tell you this much, it's not taught in school 
Um, and it's not taught in our communities, at least, you know, not anything I've encountered. And so if we could better equip our youth with some of these lessons, I think the world would be a very different place. Um, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Let me, let me just use one example that is immediately, immediately transferable. If we connect a the parenting to sport. Listen, to play any sport is to make mistakes. Period. To to play any sport at any level is to make mistakes. Um, I know as a gymnast you're striving for perfection, and and my response to that is striving for perfection is demoralizing. Striving for excellence is motivating. So I need that. Even I need the, that tattooed on my body. <laughs> oh my gosh, we all do. Oh we all do. Gosh. We are so unforgiving yeah. of ourselves. Yeah. So we are making mistakes. If you're alive and awake on planet Earth, let me take the fun out of your day and say you're going to make a mistake. I'm going to make a mistake, and every listener is going to make a mistake. Same thing with athletes. Well, we've heard about. We've heard about helicopter parents, right? The parents that sort of hover above their child trying to make everything perfect. And then that morphed into snowplow parents. Those are the parents who are driving the snowplow in front of their kids to make sure that they have, you know, no divots, no hills, no, just a smooth snow uh, path. And, And we do that in the name of love. But, but we're not helping our kids and we're not helping our athletes to teach them that errors are this terrible, horrible, rare thing because then they learn to be timid, to make excuses, to make mistakes, to not go after their dreams because of fear of making errors. So, so teaching our children how to respond positively to errors and setbacks and difficulty is one of the most loving gifts we could ever give. Okay, fast forward to Olympians, teaching athletes to productively deal with errors, loss, failure, setbacks is a technique and strategy that needs to be taught and should be taught. It's not if you're going to make mistakes. It's when you make mistakes, how quickly are you going to bounce back? Yeah. And, and you've, you've heard me enough, Sarah. You know, I talk about, right, the, the three points in time. The past is gone. You can stay up all night, but you're not going to worrying, but you're not going to change the past. The future's not yet written. And so we have to embrace the nobility of now right? Make, you know, focus on the now. Be present. You know, we use the phrase, be where your feet are. This moment, right now. And so when we make mistakes, so often, oh man, I just, I made that error yesterday. Oh, in the office, you know, I just didn't handle that well. Well, it's gone. It's gone. What's this going to mean for the future? Oh, I don't know if I can win a gold medal. What's this going to mean for the future? Oh, I don't know if I'm going to get in the school that I wanted to get into. What's this going to... The future's not yet written, but you have control of now. And so we come back to that choice. 
You have a choice. Each listener has a choice. Am I going to focus on the past? It's gone. Am I going to focus on the future? I'm going to, I'm going to influence the future by what I do now. So we really try to emphasize with peak performers the nobility of now. Do now well. Be where your feet are right this second. Like, now I need 10 tattoos with all of this stuff all over my body. <laughs> like, this of now. That is my new mantra, Doc. I mean, wow. Yeah. And it's in it, it, you think about if, if you, if you get your head out of the past and get your head out of the future, the amount of metaphorical weight that that takes yeah. off of your shoulders and your body. It just, I mean, I can't imagine for athletes, but also for all of us regular folks, it, that alleviates 90% of my stress right there. If I get my head out of those two places and just focus on the nobility of now, um, that just made me think of something in terms of trauma survivors, right? I feel like a lot of what trauma survivors are struggling from is sort of telling that same story over and over and over and and sort of strengthening those neural pathways um, of pain and trauma and suffering. How how can we bring trauma survivors or any any adversity, right? Where any thing where somebody is telling sort of that same old story of hard knocks, of divorce, of pain, of a, you know, a car accident, of trauma, in any way, how can we help those people get their feet firmly planted on the ground and sort of start to live in the nobility of now? What a powerful question. You know, I, I'm going to start with that. The, the first place to start is, is recognizing that cycle right? Recognizing that cycle. And the first thing I'd say, the first phrase that comes to my mind is write your own story, write your own story. And it's a process. You know, I don't want to, I'm not a trauma expert. I don't want to, you know, give advice outside of my area of expertise, but I'm going to tie it back uh, right to the sport metaphor. You'll know how to make sense of this, but First of all, it's a process. Look, we all want to walk. We all want to walk, even before we know we want to walk. But you don't go from, from the thought or you don't start with the end. You start at the beginning. So you've got to start where you are. And that's why we you know, push ourselves up in the crib and then we crawl. And then we stand up all wobbly need and fall back on our butts. And, and, and if I may, I would use the same, I would use the same sort of analogy is it is a process. And what I'm, what I'm aware of when, when people face any difficulty is how quickly other folk are ready for us to move on. I, I pray you're nodding in some way, like, Okay, well, we've yes. talked about this. Okay, uh, we've kind of done this. Like, let, let, so I'm snapping my, let's go. Like, okay, yeah, it doesn't work that way. 
Well, well, Susie, well, Sammy, you've been crawling for a while now. Let's let's walk. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work like that. There's not a big red easy button. So you have to honor the process. However, there is a point where you do have to begin to write your own story. And what I hear from many folks is they're not willing to see that power anymore to abusers, to a coach, to circumstances. They want to reclaim their own story. You know, early on in, in our conversation, you talked about half empty, half full. Let, let me take that story a different direction. Mm-hmm. I, I, I ask folks, to imagine, and believe it or not, and I'm telling you the truth, my right hand is already cupped as though I'm holding a cup in my hand. So I'm literally acting this out. So now I'm going to imagine you and listeners having a cup that's half full. And you're holding that cup that's half full of, of water or tea or whatever it's half full of. And so often people end the metaphor there. Is it half full or half empty? Okay, uh-uh. I'm going to take it to the next level. And I'm going to say to you, now imagine carrying that half full cup around all day long. And, you know, first 15 minutes, you're just carrying around your cup of coffee. Now it's an hour later. How's your arm feeling an hour later? Now it's two hours later, Sarah. How is your arm feeling two hours later? How are you able to do your daily activities while you're holding on to this half full cup? So for me, the point isn't, is it half full or it's half empty? It's how long are you going to carry that cup? How many hours a day are you willing to carry that cup and not recognize the impact that it's going to have on absolutely every aspect of your day? Wow. And at, and at some point, it's not is it half full or half empty. It's how long am I going to carry this cup? And I'm not here to tell you when or how soon. I'm here to say at some point, there has to be a choice to write your story and no longer carry the cup of that pain that someone else caused, the damage that someone else caused. And you can make a choice to move forward. I don't know if that resonates at all, but I'd be curious what your thoughts are to that. Gosh, yes, I have goosebumps. Yes, that is so, it comes back to choices, right? It comes back to choices. And in what you just said, makes it empowering for the person carrying the cup to say, I am no longer going to let this other person or this other circumstance or this other painful memory control me. I am going to choose to set it down because I matter, because I deserve it, because there's a whole full life and wonderful, amazing things out there that I want to pick up with that hand. And I can't do it if I'm carrying this cup everywhere I go. 
right? For years yeah. upon years upon yeah. years in some circumstances. So huge aha moment. Um, and it's not easy, yeah. is it? I mean, it's one thing to understand the concept, but I, I want to say, I want to say to anyone, so you're like, okay, okay. I'm going to make the choice. I'm going to write my own story. I'm not going to carry this cup anymore. And you put the cup down and you walk 10 steps and you're going, oh, crap, still with me. Right? It's, it's yeah. a process. It's not it's like you're going to decide to do it at 9 o'clock in the morning someday and it's like, well, there I did it. And you do it again and you do it again. It's work. And, and you need support around it and you need understanding around it and you need forgiveness around it, both from yourself and from other people. Um, so it's not just, it's not just a one and done. I don't want to in any way leave that impression, but it's like a path that you're on and yeah. you're not willing to give up that path. Yeah. And, and there needs to be some self-compassion. There needs to be some understanding and, and falling and getting up again, back to this child learning to walk, there's not a line in the sand, and I will walk today. That's, that has never been said by any human being at any time. You stand, you fall. You take three steps, you fall. And you know what's crazy? I don't know who's in that child's life, a parent, a guardian, grandparents. Here's the thing. Somebody's clapping for you all along the way. They're like, yeah, 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 yeah. We I just took three steps yes. and fell on your butt. That was yes. awesome, right? Yes, totally. A so we, we a need teacher, we, a coach, somebody yes. there clapping. Yes. Yeah. And, and we need champions. We need champions and and not platitudes. Not platitudes, Sarah. Champions. People who understand the struggle, who recognize what we're dealing with and are there to champion us along the way. That's why I come back uh, just to my, my joy and, and respect for you because that's what you are. You're a champion for people and they know you know, right? It's not a platitude. They know you know. Yeah. And so you come in with respect. You come in with wisdom. You come in uh, with insight that we know we can hang our hat on. I can listen to her. She yeah. gets me. She understands me. Yeah. And, you know, I say, and people always look at me funny when I say this, but I say the way that I lawyer is with love. It's with love. It's, it's, it's with champion, championing my clients whatever the outcome of the case, we are going to champion you. We are going to give love to what you've been through, where you're going, where, where you are today. And however you come out of this, the process was with respect. It was with your dignity intact. And it was with, as you said, kind of that knowing of, um, of, of, the importance of, of what the person's been through and how it's impacted their psyche. I don't think you hear a lot of lawyers yeah. saying my approach to, to being a lawyer is to lead with, with love. Um, that's so, so powerful. never heard it. I have never heard it in my life. I've already yeah. written it down on my paper and, yeah. and it reminds me, 
it reminds me in a, again, in a parallel kind of profession, there's an old expression. I mean, decades old. If, if I knew who to attribute it to, I would, but it's people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Mm. Ah. We're people first, Sarah. We're people first. And, and I think, I think meeting people where they are, not where we wish they would be, not where they should be, not where they're going to be. Meet people where they are. And then, and then authentically show how much we care. Yep. Rather than, right, leading with knowledge or facts or yeah. tasks. It's just so critical. Lawyer with love. I just love that. I love that. Of course, that's your phrase. Of course, <laughs> of course, that's how you do it. I just hear it. I've never heard it before. And I'm like, okay, yeah, makes sense to me because it's yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's just, there's no other way in my view to do the kind of work that I do unless you're leading with your heart um, and, and leaving people in a better place than how you found them. And that's sort of the same thing you do too. When you get your hands on a new athlete or a new team or a new, a new executive, you want to bring all the heart and all the stuff that you are, all the magic, all the tools, all the stuff, um, and leave them in a better place than how you found them. And that's what makes you the the best in your field. That's what makes you <laughs> the the famous, amazing Dr. Hacker, right? And and this this episode is just everything. I am so so grateful to you. What what do you do in your life or what, how, what do you teach your, your pupils in terms of daily practices? If we put all of this sort of into action, you know, you mentioned some of that imagery. What are some of those tools that you ask your, your athletes, your students to sort of practice every morning or practice every day? What can we take with us that's tangible? Yeah, I, you know, it, it's based on, on this first principle, Sarah. It's not knowing what to do. Look, we all know what to do. You know, are you as physically active as you should be? Uh, no, no. Do you eat the things that you... No, no. Like, we know what to do, right? We know, we know, you know, the best, the better, the recommended. It's not knowing what to do. It's doing what you know. It's doing it. So the first principle that I share with clients is we have got to turn goals and desires and dreams into action. And action has to come in small bites, right? The staircase to success is broken. The staircase to success or the elevator to success is broken. So you have to take the stairs and you have to take the stairs one step at a time. So, so we say, what are we going to do today? And it's to do today, right? What are we going to do today? There's no fast elevate, elevator to the top. So we ask students, we ask athletes, we ask corporate executives, you know, what one action could you choose today that would bring you closer to your ultimate goal? 
right? One action. If I, if I want to sound fancy, uh, from a mathematical standpoint, we call it the aggregation of marginal gains. Oh, wow, what's that? <laughs> if, I do, if I do 1% better this week, 1% better, next week I'm at 2%. Next week I'm at 3%. It's recognizing the tremendous cumulative difference from just doing one thing today. You know, I can't win a gold medal today. I can't get an A today, but I can study this morning. I can review my notes tonight. I can't win the gold medal today, right? There's a wonderful expression in the Olympic movement that says, you know, for Americans, the Olympics are every four years. For Olympians, the Olympics are every day. Oh. So look at how we look at how we come full circle. Do now well. Do today well. And so we try to do it in bite-sized pieces that we have them focus on the now on actionable steps that they can take right now. And then we execute. And then we evaluate, then we refine, and then tomorrow here we come again. It's a yep. process. Yep. It's a process. I love that. And some of those, you know, actions could be just a baby step, right? For for people listening that are, you know, feel like, you know, this goal feels so big. Sometimes it's just a baby step. And then you get up tomorrow yeah. and you do it again. And it's sort of that yeah. compound effect of showing up in your life every day and taking that step forward. We can guarantee you, you're not going to be in the same place 30 days from now that you are today. That doesn't mean some days you might take you not take a couple steps back, but if you're getting back up and you're walking forward again the next day, life will move. Life will not remain stagnant. And you'll, you'll continue to move closer to the things that you dream of, right? And to your goals. Um, Dr. Hacker, how in the world did I get so lucky to get to call you my friend? Like, I'm listening to you. I'm like, this woman is actually my friend. This is awesome. I love you. I, I, I feel the same. I feel the same way. I just, it is just true, unending respect, appreciation, love, and awe. And, and I will say that forever and ever. It, it, it just, um, yeah, Sarah, this has just been such a privilege. It's just been such a privilege. Well, thank you. I know for myself, this is one of those episodes that I'm going to have to listen to like 20 times to get all the nuggets of wisdom and gold um, from this conversation today. Listeners, if you need more of this woman in your life, which I know you do, you can find her on Twitter at Dr. Colleen, C-O-L-L-E-E-N, Hacker, H-A-C-K-E-R. Follow her, absorb her. Um, I know she's done a lot of other amazing podcasts. You'll see her all over the place. So Google her. You will find her. 
Dr. Hacker, I love you. I thank you. I appreciate you. I cannot wait to get that hug from you. I cannot wait until our paths cross again, which I know they will. Um, and listeners, thank you guys so much for listening to our show. And you can find us in all the places, Instagram, Twitter. You guys know how to find me. Thank you. And until next time, this is Bar Fights with Sarah Klein. Take good care and see you next time. Thank you for listening to Bar Fights with attorney Sarah Klein, taking on issues that matter. Please check out our website at barfightspodcast.com, Instagram at barfightspodcast, or Twitter at barfights underscore pod for the latest show updates and archives.